the copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Miguel is police calling all cards, attention all cards, broadcast 290 regarding a murder and robbery. No description of suspects. And that's all. Rose Winkler. Grande has developed and produced a gasoline that meets every emergency encountered in modern motoring. All gasoline qualities are consolidated in this one motor fuel. This new all-purpose Rio Grande craft meets the demands of those who drive the most and know the most about gasoline. The drivers of your police cars and other emergency equipment, to their complete satisfaction, and it is the everlasting, money-saving, motoring joy of thousands of individual drivers. The reason all-purpose Rio Grande Craft enables your motor to do more things better is that more things, more ingredients, are put into it and blended with such careful precision as to give you maximum performance at minimum cost. Profit by the greatest smoothness, power, speed, and economy of the gasoline that embodies twice as many vital elements as are found in ordinary fuel. Begin the habit tomorrow of driving into the red and white Rio Grande station in your neighborhood and asking for a tank full of the new all-purpose Rio Grande crack. First in public service, the most highly recommended gasoline sold in the West. has been taken in the main from the confidential files of the office of Sheriff J.J. Lowe of Nogales, Arizona. We are therefore asked Sheriff Lowe to open our program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is a pleasure for me to be the guest of Calling All Cars and to add my bit to the campaign to make more widespread the doctrine that crime cannot pay. There are various motives for crime, but none of them ever justify the act of committing a crime. No matter what the stakes may be, the game is a losing one from start to finish. Isolated instances there may be which seem to indicate that a criminal has escaped the law. But no matter what appearances are, sooner or later the law is going to catch up with the lawbreaker and prove, as we shall hear in tonight's story, that crime cannot pay. I wish especially to commend Inspector of Detectives Jay Soto and District Attorney James Robbins and other members of my force for their splendid work in bringing a speedy solution to this case. On the night of October 15, 1938, in the town of Nogales, Arizona, Chief of Police J. Lowe and Deputy Sheriff Rudy Fleischner are attempting to awake one of its citizens. Here's a cool customer for you. You're telling me. A guy shot to death in front of her door and she goes back to bed. I wonder if she bothered calling me. Yeah, it is. I'm going to start kicking in a minute. Who's there? 
will love you. It's the police. What do you want? Did you call the police? Yes, but I want to see. Well, we want to ask you some questions, so open the door. Oh, all right. Just a minute. There's something funny about this. Yeah. It just isn't human nature for a woman to be that calm. Yeah, and you know, she didn't phone from her apartment. She phoned from the house next door, and so well, she... she had to step over the body. Beats me. Well, what do you want? We'd like to know what you know about this. But I told you on the telephone. Do you realize this man is dead? Yes. Oh, no. This man's been shot to death. Look. <laughs> Pull yourself together, Mrs. Fulton. Oh, no. No. It can't be. Stop. Stop hurting. Oh, no. Well, we thought you knew. You must have heard the shot. Oh, no. Something woke me, but I don't know what. And then I heard someone running in the door, and I looked out, and I saw this man. I thought he was very drunk, but not dead. I see. Well, now that you realize the seriousness of the situation, will you please tell us all you can? But that is all. I didn't see who I heard running away. Hear any voices? No, no, just the running of the door slam. You, uh, you know this man's name? Well, it's Tracy Bird. He works as the city clerk in the galley. No one to think about his friends or his personal habits. He's always alone, and he's very quiet. You know, now please try to remember any little thing that might... Well, well, today he said he was going to the fireman's ball. That was tonight. He was probably coming home from there. Well, I guess that'll be all for the present, Mrs. Sposa. Thank you, and good night. Good night. You find the key to his apartment? Yes. Nothing much else on him. Some loose change, pocket knife. Open the door. You didn't have any wallet or papers? Yeah, not a thing. Wallet's gone, huh? Yeah. Everything in here isn't good enough order. He didn't come in here. He got it before he opened the door. Shall I look through the stuff in here? No, not now. Do it tomorrow. Yeah. Let's see what we can get in the hall. I don't think it was an ordinary stick-up. Well, he probably took his wallet, but it would have been easier and safer to get it on the street. Look at this curtain. Uh-huh. They stood behind there and waited for this guy to come home. But a city clerk wouldn't be carrying around a lot of money. No. For some other reason. A woman, eh? Most likely. Look at the rug. They had a scuffle here. He wouldn't behave, so they let him have it. Let's go outside. Give me a flashlight here. Yeah, dough and women are about the most frequent two things guys get knocked off for. This one doesn't look like he'd get it from the woman angle, though. Ah, uh, you can't classify guys that get it from woman trouble. Hey, what's that beside the wall? Well, uh, it's a wallet. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Tracy Bird. There's $8 in it. Now, what do you suppose this means? Murder a guy, take his wallet, and then throw it away. Maybe they dropped it. Oh, no. Hey, look at those bushes. He fell. Mm-hmm. It's like he was a pretty big man. Ran off the porch so fast, he chipped and fell into these bushes. He dropped the wallet and didn't bother picking it up. Well, he must have been an amateur. Plenty scared. Hey, look at that rock. 
Now, that's something. Completely dislodged it. And by the size and position of it, I'd say the guy hit his knee on it as he fell. Right knee. That's it. Well, we'll just take this rock to the laboratory because we might find some strands of fiber in the rough surface of it. Maybe we can tell what kind of clothes the guy wore. I'll tell the boys to pick up any guy with a bad knee. Yeah, and cover all saloons and night spots. Have an idea he'll want to be seen someplace. Amateurs will stick their heads in a noose to get an alibi. After warning all officers on duty in Nogales, Deputy Sheriff Leisner joined Chief Lowe at Nogales Morgue to learn the results of an autopsy. Meanwhile, directly across the street from the police station, Sergeant David Callum was looking over the patrons of Eddie's place. As he was about to leave, he was approached by a man. Excuse me, officer. Yeah? Have uh, you seen Dr. Noon here, about? No, I haven't. What do you want him for? Oh, nothing much. I just stay over police station. Maybe I'll find him here, that's all. How long ago were you at the station? Oh, just a while ago. I come over here, and then I looked at some other places. I just want first aid, that's all. Well, I'll tell you, soldier, Dr. Noon won't be able to give any first aid tonight. He's busy. Oh, that's all right. Don't mouth much, no huh? Well, regular get back to full, Jim. Thank you, sir. Okay, soldier. Say, just a minute, then. Yes, That's a pretty bad limp you've got. Oh, it ain't so bad. Jumped off the running board with calm, this could. Come banged up my knee, some that though. Your knee, huh? Hmm. I didn't know it was that serious. Come on. Yes, sir. Where are we going? We're going to see Dr. Noon. Here, get in the car. Not far. Thank you, sir. Uh, you stationed at Fort, uh, what you, sir? Uh, yes, sir. A lot of coaches to station there. You say you fell off a car and hurt your knee. Yes, sir, that's right. Had no one to mix inside. But we a couple of friends and fooling around. You know how it is when the boys get to Yeah. Well, the doctor's busy, but I'm sure he'll be willing to stop uh, long enough to look at your knee. Oh, there's mighty kind. Where's he at? He's at the morgue. Uh-huh. You say the what? Yeah, more. We're almost there now. Uh, you better let me get back to the pool. I'll get my knee fixed there. Matter, soldier. You, you aren't afraid to go to the morgue. Oh, no, sir, but uh, I just don't like that place. Well, don't worry. You won't have to look at any of the steps. Yes. Mr. Please, if you don't mind, I'll get out right here. That's all right, because here we are. Come on. Lord, don't take me to that place. Well, I'm surprised that you were a soldier, being afraid of a few dead people. Well, I was a powerful good soldier, but well, I don't like messing around with people as they did. Well, don't worry. Now, you go right in that room, and I'll get the doctor. You can be out of here in five minutes. Yes, sir. This your place show gives me the creep. I don't mean me. Hello, Dave. What brings you here? I uh, picked up a colored soldier with a bad knee. Soldier? Yeah. I don't think there's anything to it, but I figured you'd want to talk to him. Sure. What's his story? Oh, with friends all evening, fell off a car and hurt his knee. Yeah? Well, let's go talk to him. He was scared to death in the morgue. Seems like a harmless part. He went to the station to get first aid. Station? Well, that lets him out. He's in here. Shall I stay? Sure, come on in. Doc will be with you in a minute, soldier. This is Chief Lowe. 
want to talk to you. Yes, sir. What's your name, buddy? Frank Corner. Let's take a look at that knee. Don't want to cause a lot of trouble. It ain't much. Uh-huh. Where'd you get those mesquite stickers in your hair, Frank? What, what? Oh, oh them. Oh, I got them when I fall. I do some rolling and I roll smack dab in the bushes. All right, Frank. I'll tell you what we're going to do. You tell us where you fell. Then we'll go see if there's mesquite bushes there or if you're just beating around the bush. Unable to find any mesquite bushes in the vicinity where Frank Connor told him he fell, the officers placed him in custody under suspicion of murder. The next day, however, reports from the laboratory led them to believe they had misjudged an innocent man. Sit down, Mr. Robbins. Thanks. I don't mind telling you I'm stumped. What's up, Steve? Well, I got the results of the laboratory test on that rock we found. Yeah? There were threads of cloth in the stone, all right, but they were cotton. And an army uniform is made of wool. That's right. So that leaves us pretty much out in the cold. I thought that guy fell into our laps too easy. Yeah, I know, but still, we had to follow it up. Yeah. And his story about the way he fell still has me puzzled. Oh, he and his friends were probably drinking and... Can't remember where he fell. There's mesquite bushes all over this part of the country. Well, he isn't any too bright at that. And then there isn't a sign of a motive. If it had been a regular stick-up on the street, it might have been different. Sure, I know. A guy that killed Tracy Bird knew all about him. Where he lived and where he'd been that night. And they knew what time he'd be coming home because they waited behind the curtain for him. So that lets our colored soldier out. Yeah, but what else have we got? Not a thing until we check up on this Tracy who his friends were, and everything about him. Yeah, and that'll take weeks. Well, it's just one of those cases that don't make sense. In the meantime, I'm not going to twiddle my thumb. Send Frank Connor in here. You got to turn him loose? I am not. I'm going to check up on those two friends he said was with him. Suppose we might as well. But if we can pin anything on him, it's the screwiest case I was ever mixed up in. Well, in this business, you never can figure out anything for certain. I know that, but wouldn't it be more sensible to work on somebody that had a reason to knock off Casey Bird? Come and sit down, Frank. Yes, sir. Now, Frank, I know we've imposed on you, but you do realize, don't you, that murder is a serious business? Yes, sir, and I don't want no part of it. Well, through what may be a coincidence, you've become involved. So you can't blame us for asking you to help us. Oh, do what I can. Who your friends were that you said were. Who your friends were that you said were. Well, it's Bud Jewel and Jason Jones. They's in my pocket as soon as they corroborate your story. As, as soon as they say we. We let you go, Frank Justice. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Troopers, Sewell, and Jones are brought to headquarters for questioning. Their answers to the officer's questions added another baffling note to the already complex case. And I'm telling you once and for all, I'm going to get some definite answers out of you or else. You told them that before and didn't do any good. Oh. Look, boys. I'll be calm. I'll, uh, I'll sit down. Now I've got just as much time as you have. Even more. We ain't got much time. No, sir. We ain't hardly got no time at all. That's fine. And you'll be on your way just as soon as you give me some definite answers. Yes. Now, 
Did you or did you not see Frank Connor last night? Yes, sir, I've seen him. How long did you see him? How much time did you spend with him? He still does. I can't remember that. We're off again. Take it easy. Were you with Connor five minutes, an hour, or all evening? Well, sir, it's a chill way. We was around with him, but we wasn't what you'd call with him. Well, that's something, but I don't know what. No, sir, nothing like that. Let me put it this way. Did you see him for any length of time? Did you talk to him? Yes, sir. But we didn't have no bottom. No, sir, Captain. We're fixing dessert and no harm. Dessert? Wait a minute. Did you boys think we had Frank in here on a desertion charge? Something like that. He talked that way sometime when he drank. Yeah, don't mean nothing by it, no harm. Well, I'll be darned. Listen, boys, it's got nothing to do with desertion. I give you my word. All we want to do is find out how you spent the evening so we can turn you all loose. If you're all telling the truth. Now, let's have it. Yes, sir. It's this way. Bud and me is sitting in everybody's place long about nine o'clock. Well, there ain't much crowd here for Saturday night, is it? Oh, well, shut my boots. Look who's coming. Yeah, well, howdy, boys. Come on in and sit down, Frank. Howdy, boys. How's everything? Oh, right. well, the drink, it'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> drink won't make it no better. Say, when you guys gonna go out this job with you? Mm, you all had a drink. Yeah, When you start talking that way, you had plenty to talk. Oh, don't need no drink to think that away. I was getting out of army life and let them try and stop me. Big talk. How you going to do it? Oh, I got a way old figured out. See that fellow behind the bar? Yeah. You mean that fellow that runs this here place? That's him. Standing there big as life. Well, now, what's the manager this place got to do with y'all getting out of army? Plenty. That fellow's going to hit me. You're talking crazy. What? That's what you think. Hey, you boys going to go with me? <laughs> yeah, sure. We go with you, all right? Yeah, we go with you, all right. Right back to the folks. I ain't kidding. Y'all talk this way every time you get a drink, go down yourself. Come on, have another drink, Frank. Maybe get your smack dab in the heart. Maybe you fellas laugh the other side of the o'clock, Frank drives over on the medicine side, and that's the last we see him. About 11 o'clock, huh? Yes, sir. Now, about his falling from the car, did you see him fall? Well, I can't say that we didn't. I can't say that we didn't, Captain. What do you mean? Well, we all feel mighty good, you see, and everybody's taking turns driving the car and yelling at the gal. Maybe he fall off and don't see much. And maybe he does say something. But honest, Captain, we just can't remember. Well, that's that. Now, just one more thing. Did Frank have a revolver with him? No, sir. Against regulations. Well, it's against regulations to desert. Did you see a gun on him? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. All right, boys. That'll be all for the present. But we may want you again, so don't you think of deserting? No, sir. All right, sir. Well, if this thing gets any more mixed up, we'll have to call out the Marines. He might have figured on sticking up the manager and taking on the lamb and the day's receipts. And then changes his mind and waits in the hall for a city clerk coming home from a fireman's ball? Sure don't make sense. Uh, I think I'll turn him loose and put a tail on him. Then we can start working on some of the other angles. Come in. Uh, excuse me, Captain. Well? Uh, Bud and me 
No, 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 no. Forget about that. Okay, tell your company commander. Uh, but, Captain, uh, uh, Frank got some old clothes with him. Overalls and stuff. We asked him last night what they're for, but he, he ain't seen All right, Jones, that'll be all. Uh, yes, yes, thank you, sir. Fine thing. We're looking for a murderer, and they're shoving a deserter down our throats. Yeah, besides, even if he did stick somebody up, the guy that fell in those bushes didn't have an army uniform on. That rock had cotton stuck in it. Hey, wait a minute. That's it. The overalls. He changed into them and then back to his uniform when he came looking for the doctor. He's walking into headquarters with that knee. Oh, he's too dumb to figure we knew he fell. He stuck his head into a noose for an alibi. Officers began a search for the clothing and gun they believed had been hidden by Frank Connor. Then after many hours of searching, an old shirt and a pair of overalls were found in the garbage can near the scene of the murder. The overalls were stained with blood at the right knee. Then, in the office of Chief Lowe... And we've asked you to come down here to help us with some laundry mark identification, Mr. Atwood. I've seen a good many in my ten years of laundry work, gentlemen. I'll do what I can. Fine. Now, what would you say about the marks on this shirt? Hmm, long, square. They're quite odd. Yes. I would say, gentlemen, that these marks are either of some private firm or the army. That's all we wanted to know, Mr. Atwood. Thank you. Glad of an able help. Good day. Bye. And all we'll have to do is call the Army Post and they'll tell us that mark belongs to Frank Connor. There's an easier way than that. Let's see the laundry mark on the shirt you're wearing, Frank. Yes, sir. Hmm. Same mark. You still insist you never saw this shirt before? Yes, sir. And I suppose you'll say the same thing about the overalls. Never seen them before. And this hat band we found in the pocket of the overalls fits your hat. You're lying, Connor. Come clean, Frank. The blood on these overalls corresponds with the blood found on your uniform. Yeah, don't mean nothing. Well, get this, smart guy. We know you hit your knee on a rock outside of Tracy Bird's apartment because it left some fibers from these overalls on that rock. And the laboratory test proves it's the same material. That stuff don't scare me none. You were scared when you ran out of that apartment. Why did you shoot him? Well, maybe you all can tell me what I shot him with. Oh, a guardhouse lawyer, huh? I thought he'd been giving us an act. All right, Frank. You tell us. We'll find the gun sooner or later. Reckon I'll win. You admit you had a gun? Don't admit nothing. Yes, I think you will. We've got enough to convict you right now, but I don't want to take any chances, so you're going to confess. I ain't, you ain't got nothing on me. How about your friends admitting you were going to desert? Ah, that's just talk. He's drunk. There's just one angle I don't understand. Why, you picked a poor city clerk to murder. When you could have gotten the owner of the saloon. You had him case. So I'll tell you what we're going to do, Frank. We'll take you down to the morgue. Oh, that's right. We'll let you get a good look at the man you murdered. Maybe you'll remember why you did it. No, no, no. Just don't take me down there. Why not? Well, I didn't put nobody in no morgue. And, well, I don't like this place, no. Come on. I don't think Tracy Bird likes it either. <laughs> As the officers neared the morgue, Frank Connor's morale was shattered, and it was a whimpering prisoner that was ushered into the house of death. Please, sir, go take me to that room. There's just one where you can keep out. Tell us where you had the gun that put that corpse in there. Didn't have no gun. Honestly, did You better start telling the truth quick. That's the truth. I wouldn't lie to time like this. All right, come on in. 
No, I can't do it. No. Well, see how brave you are without a gun. You can walk around among those bodies and try to guess which one you put there. I didn't put it in any of no place. Mm, when you decide to tell us how you did it, we'll let you out. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, Lord, please don't. Please don't put me in here. How did you do it, Frank? Why did you kill him, Frank? Frank didn't kill nobody. Frank couldn't do nothing like that. Frank didn't hurt nobody for nothing. I'm not ever getting this mess. Confess, Frank. You'll feel better. I can't look at this thing. I'm so crazy. No. Got to do something else. Keep walking, Frank. Keep looking at them, Frank. They're looking at you. No. No. I can't do that. Tracy Bird was R.T. Bird. Yes, sir. 
another in the book. So you took a chance and stuck him up? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the gun go off and we get to fighting. And I don't suppose you feel you're entirely to blame? Uh, I did make a mistake. Uh, I suppose you think we've persecuted you? Uh, I didn't mean persecuted you. Uh, I didn't mean shoot nobody. Of course, Frank. Shoot nobody? Of course, Frank. Shoot nobody? Of course, Frank. It was just bad luck. 